Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly abundantly and overflowing joy. Tonight is part two of Sound of Freedom. Now, when you think of Sound of Freedom, you might even think in your mind or picture in your mind the Liberty Bell. Our precious Liberty Bell sits in the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And of course, if you're not aware, it does have scripture, Leviticus 25.10, inscribed on it, which says, proclaim liberty to all the inhabitants of the land. Next week, I'm actually going to conclude this with part three, and I will be talking about that Liberty Bell and um, things associated with that and the sound of freedom. So in last week's message on the sound of freedom, I focused on America's children. There's a bullseye on our children. Satan has made them the target. And if he can't get them lured into the sex trade, he will figure out a way to bring destruction in some other fashion. So he's always working all the angles. I want to just mention something tonight that I did talk about some time ago when it first kind of hit the the news scene. But I thought I I thought it was important with regard to children, again, to bring up the subject of the 1619 Project, which basically says that we weren't founded as a Christian nation by the pilgrims who were seeking religious liberty. Oh, no, we were founded as a nation of slave-loving people in order to enhance the lives of white people and enslave black people. A woman by the name of Nicole Hannah-Jones, along with writers from the New York Times, developed the 1619 Project focused on the subjects of slavery and the founding of the United States. It received criticism from numerous historians, both from the political left and the political right, who questioned its historical accuracy. These historians wrote a letter to the New York Times in December 2019, expressing, quote, strong reservations about the project and requested factual corrections accusing the project's creators of prioritizing ideology over historical accuracy. But the editor-in-chief of the New York Times magazine who actually defended the accuracy of the 1619 Project, refused to issue corrections. These scholars denied the project's claims that slavery was essential to the beginning of the American Revolution. Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project, in her introductory essay wrote, quote, One of the primary reasons the colonists decided to declare their independence from Britain was because they wanted to protect the institution of slavery, end quote. Historian Gordon S. Wood, 
responded in a letter. Quote, he said, I don't know of any colonist who said that they wanted independence in order to preserve their slaves. And no colonist expressed alarm that the mother country was out to abolish slavery in 1776. I want to pause here to say this. The 1619 Project is nothing other than a satanic plot to, first of all, teach a made-up history of our country. It's a false narrative of who we are and how we became a nation. Secondly, it's a satanic attempt to cause division between black and white children. As you may know, this project was turned into a curriculum for schools and is now in every school system of America. These evil seeds sown by this unscrupulous document enter the hearts of our children who will naively believe this to be the truth, when indeed it is far from the truth. So in essence, it is truly a racist document. Therein lies the paradox. Out of this kind of revisionist history, our children learn that white supremacy is real. White people are bad people, and they want to rule over black people. Here was the narrative from Joe Biden's campaign in 2020. He said, I'm here to bring unity. Yet, he fully endorsed this ideology. I hope you can clearly see what the underpinnings, see the underpinnings of what this 1619 project are all about. These are poisonous seeds that have been fed to our children. These kinds of seeds will not grow to be plants of, if as if it were they were a plant, plants of compassion, caring, love, understanding, working together. No, these seeds grow in the hearts of our children to bring distrust, anger, hatred, disunity, division, and separation. The Marxist socialist agenda of the left have taken it a step further. They've introduced critical race theory, which adds fuel to the fire of the 1619 Project. Do you think this is just happenstance that our school systems are suddenly exposed to these ideas at the same time? Well, they haven't. This has been in the works, and it's been a carefully crafted plan. Critical race theory has its roots in Marxism. The thinkers, movers, and shakers at the time this social construct was being developed in the 20s and 30s founded the Frankfurt School, which was the first Marxist research center at a German university. They were literally critical of every institution we consider important to our society. So basically, if you want to understand critical race theory, it's very, very simple. You take the word critical, and that's what they were. They were critical of every social construct, so every social 
part of our society, critical of it, critical to the point of wanting to tear it down. Being critical meant everything had to be torn down. Their view was that everything that made up a capitalist society had to be dismantled. As you may imagine, the family was one of those social constructs that had to be dismantled. Now, there were very, very many ways to accomplish this, and there were different organizations within the United States that were all working toward the same goal, one of which, in fact, I remember the feminist movement, I'm sure many of you do as well, called the National Organization for Women, NOW. And I remember thinking they were pretty innocuous, that, yeah, you know, they were for women, they wanted equal pay for women in the workplace. And I basically didn't think there was anything really bad about the organization, per se. But this movement, now, adopted the motto about tearing down the American family by first removing the patriarch. It actually started with 15 women in Greenwich Village who met on a monthly basis. There was a leader of that group, and she would ask the question, what are we here for? And the group would chant back to her, we're here to remove the American family. And then the leader would say, and how do we accomplish that? And they would chant back by removing the patriarch of the family. And she would then say, and how do we remove that patriarch? And they would chant back by introducing them to pornography, homosexuality, and pedophilia. I think you're getting the picture. I think you can finally see what I see. All the little places where the enemy, Satan, has targeted our children. And it's been going on for quite a long time where it was kind of under the rug, so to speak, where we didn't see it. We didn't know it. We didn't hear it. But now we know it. We see it and we hear it. There have been a variety of ways the evil one has used all of these things to destroy the American family and ultimately destroy our moral values. The transgender movement has come out of critical race theory. This is a death culture. And I wanted to share another piece here from my looking at my notes. Um, we now know, well, it's obvious, that the transgender movement is in our schools. And I wanted to say that the evil spirits of seduction, lying spirits, and spirits of death are on the move to physically destroy what God said he created in his image and likeness. So, this is a death culture. That's what you have to understand. 
because you may be looking at it from just, uh, you know, from a normal view. I'm looking at it from a spiritual view. So this is how I see it. It's a death culture. Now, did you know that when a child actually determines to change genders, they obviously must change their first name. And the name they're changing is their birth name. There is a term called dead naming, where the person is emphatic about anyone calling them by their former name because that person is no longer alive. They are dead. For example, John, a biological male, wants to be a female. John takes all the hormones, is surgically castrated, and now is the female person by the name of Susie. John is her dead name because that person, John, no longer exists. Okay, so we have to look at all of this through the lens of the spiritual realm. If I'm dead to John, whom God created fearfully and wonderfully, according to Psalms 139, verse 14, I have now partnered with the spirit of death. And we wonder why these young people who have transitioned to a different gender often commit suicide. So you can put these pieces together just like I have. I'm trying to paint a picture for you to help you understand what is spiritually going on. In other words, we read the news, we see things on TV, we read articles and magazines on our phones about all that's happening, all the things about the transgender movement. But we're failing to see a very critical part of the transgender movement that represents a death culture. This, I think, it's just my opinion, is a very serious thing. It's a very serious situation. And I don't think that we can take this lightly. As believers in Christ... We know who created us, and we know why we were created. And so this spirit of death has one purpose, to bring that individual to a premature death. I'm not sure that our pastors today see the life-altering problem that brings destruction to these young people. Last week, I read to you out of the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, which says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And the voice translation adds this one part, never forget that. Most, if not all, children and young adults who want to transition to another gender, they're not at peace with themselves, right? They don't like who they are. They have anxiety issues. They have depression issues. 
They have confusion issues. They have voices that tell them that their current body is the wrong body and that they would be much, much happier in another body. It's a lie. It's a lie to hurt them, to cause them to do something that most of them may ultimately regret. And there's absolutely no peace in the process. And if they are seduced to believe that this, this thing will bring a happy ending, they sadly find out later on it was a lie. So when I mentioned about the seducing spirits, the lying spirits, and the death spirit, which all partnered together to take these young people down a road, down a very dark road, to a place that they never planned, to a place they never expected, but all of a sudden they have these ideas planted in their mind, planted in their heart, And we have school systems, we have pediatricians, we even have parents who encourage this behavior. And it is all false. It's all a lie. And to me, it's very, very sad. The Bible says that Satan is a liar and says he's a father of lies. These precious young people are talked into losing their identity, their God-given identity to fulfill the destiny and purpose for which God created them. That doesn't sound like freedom to me. I don't quite hear the sound of freedom in any of that. And I almost bet if I could interview any of these young people and or children, because we have eight-year-old boys wanting to be surgically castrated. So we're talking at times very young children making these kinds of decisions. But I ventured to say that if I were to interview them, I would find No peace, no sound of freedom, none whatsoever. It's bondage. And that bondage is magnified once they start to engage this process. Do you realize that this is a fast-becoming multi-million dollar and probably multi-billion dollar industry with the use of these powerful drugs and then body-changing surgeries. Well, let me be honest. I call it surgical mutilation. When you remove, remove normal functioning body parts. Can you see how the enemy is using all of this to tear down the family and tear down the person who desires to change their sex? It's a very radical agenda. It's a very seductive agenda. And it's been devised in hell. And all of hell 
is working very diligently to see this all come to pass. When a society rejects God and rejects his holy word, the Bible, all forms of aberration become apparent. This is not God's plan for our children. It says in Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18, it says this, listen carefully. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. Now this is David, and he wrote this psalm, and he had this incredible relationship with God, this very intimate, loving, deep relationship with the Lord. And he says, oh, how precious, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. Do you realize how much sand covers the earth? And yet David makes this statement. If I could count every grain of sand, they would be more in number. If I could count every thought that God has toward me, it would be more in number than the sand. I don't think we can understand the expansive love of God and God's thoughts toward us. I don't think we even have the capability to really grasp that, to be honest. And I, um, you know, maybe I'm naive in thinking this, but if our children were raised in godly homes, and if they understood how much God loves them, how he thinks about them, I have to believe many children would be saved from this horrendous onslaught of death. So today's message is really to help you get a very, very clear understanding of how Satan has used every angle, many different tactics, many different ways, lots of different people to bring death and destruction, not just to the family, but in particular to our children. And we must be alert and awake. And we must understand the tactics of hell against our children. Now, there's a great organization that I've just learned about, so I really can't tell you much about it tonight, but I do plan to tell you about it next week. It's called Moms for Liberty. And they are all about standing up against culture, standing up against these plans and organizations out there and school boards and uh, teachers unions that are trying to push the transgender movement, trying to push the 1619 Project, trying to push critical race theory. These moms are bulldogs. And let me tell you, they are not about to let our children go down a dark hole. So I'll be sharing 
more about that with you next week. I look forward to that. And uh, I hope that you truly understand what kind of situation our culture is currently in. Lastly, what I want to say to you is this. Prayer changes things. You can help by praying for our children, praying for your children, praying for your grandchildren, praying for our nation, praying for groups like Moms for Liberty, who really have to stand up against an onslaught of ungodly stuff being thrown at them. So thank you. Thank you for listening tonight. Thank you for opening your heart and being willing to do something. And you know that I'm about prayer. I believe in prayer. And I know that prayer can change our culture. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, this is Dawn Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. And of course, you can always download the iHeartRadio app. Go to my podcast, Pure Heart Ministries, and listen 24-7. Thank you to all of you who faithfully pray for this program, pray for me. Uh, It encourages me, and I thank you, and I would really, 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 really love to have you email me. How many times do I have to say that to you all? Email me. Tell me what you think. You can email me at dawn at pureheart.today. So that's all lowercase letters, all one word, dawn at pureheart.today. And of course, I would love to have your financial support, and you can send a check to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I do look forward to being with you again next week. We're going to finish off this Sound of Freedom with part three, talking some about the Moms of Liberty, talking about our Liberty Bell. So please join me next week. This is Don Noble saying shalom, shalom, peace be unto you.